I'm exporting uh, on my last podcast with John <laughs> in the background. So we'll see if that kills my CPU mm. or not. For some reason, that show always takes the longest. Well, if, you got an M, if you got an M1 iMac, if uh, you got an M1 iMac, it wouldn't I, be a problem. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted. I'm so tempted. I know, but that's the thing. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I know there's a better one coming. There's got to be, right? There's got to be a better one coming. Yeah, and I want the better one. one. A bigger one. Better one. Bigger and better. But not soon. The, 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 the 30-inch one will come, and then there'll be a, like a 50 inch I don't inch. think you can drop iMac. this new yeah. iMac and get people to go crazy for it, and then like three months later, drop another iMac. So I think you've got some time. You don't think so? No. You don't think so? No. I don't think, I don't think they want to do people like that. Oh, I don't think they care. I would think by the end of the year, though, wouldn't you? But I, I would think by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and say beginning next but, year, but maybe not. Maybe not like maybe not WWDC. I don't think it's WWDC, but I think it's I think it's October. That's my guess. I'm thinking October. That's like well, six months after they introduced the last one, right? Yeah, October. There you go. It's the end of the show. All right. Good show, good everyone. show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <Your picks>? <laughs> a few things happened this week. Okay, WWC okay. got a schedule announcement. So two weeks from yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll so record here's, that here's show. My comment on WWC is that they don't ever explicitly. I mean, it is clearly a virtual event, but mm-hmm. they never say this time it's a virtual event, which leads me to believe that they're considering it a by default virtual event. Now that's, that's, that's my analysis. Possible. I thought the uh, yeah. email I got said that it was, virtual, I, I only read I the know. press release. Yeah, that's, that's just like you. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. Doesn't say that. Uh, and also, I will say there was some wording in the in the press release announcement that made me believe that some of it might not be pre-recorded. It was I, it was strange because it says the state. It sounds of, like the keynote's going to be live. Yeah, that's the keynote. It, like it says stream directly from Apple Park. <laughs> I, just, you mean that's where Why? the colo is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what's what's so important about that, but. Uh, with on-demand playback available at the, after the conclusion of the stream, so it's a str- I mean it's a stream though. It's not just like a video we're putting up, right? So maybe they will right. be there. I mean, it seems like the restrictions have been loosened enough in some places that that could be possible. So, mm. and if if history is a guide, then the the shirts have been loosened a bit too. They're going to be untucked. They're oh no, mm-hmm. collar tucked or untucked? I don't know. I saw an yeah. untuck it store in the mall when I was there like a few weeks back. Oh really? <laughs> Those were the days, huh? I actually really like Untucket stuff, and they didn't pay me to say I that. still, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not wearing one right now, am I? Actually, <laughs> He's I just untucked his shirt to check. I don't think so, but I, ha- I, st- I have several. You can tell if it's an untucked shirt because it, it has that weird little red triangle pointing to that's your right. ding at the bottom of the shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what it's for. <laughs> well, my, well <laughs> it must, must not be because I, I it's tucked in, so. <laughs> oh, well, then you'd be totally fucked Well, that should have been easier yeah. to figure out. Well, except anyway, doesn't matter. I mean, I do, I do, I do the French tuck. I do the French tuck. I mean, I've watched enough queer eye. To... This guy tucks his, his untuckets. I, 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 I do. I, I, I frequently. It's, I it's also his always, favorite island off the coast of Massachusetts. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is fun news for potentially me and Lex. I just saw that uh, Eero has added HomeKit support to oh, yeah, the Eero Six too, and Pro Six routers. It had a HomeKit I, thing before, but now I guess it shows up in the Home app. I um I was assuming that some some changes were coming to, to Eero because I I got a price watch notification that Eros were like thirty five dollars cheaper than ever oh. and it was the lowest price that it had ever been seen. So I'm I'm assuming some new hardware is coming. 
Yeah. All right. That's yeah. plausible. Well, I mine has been mine has been giving me some trouble. So it clearly, and mine's like less than a year old too. So which is why I've been yelling at them on email because I feel like I've had some some network problems. Not all of which can be laid at the feet of the Eero, but some of which feel like they could That's, be. It has to be so horrible to do like Wi-Fi internet company support <laughs> because oh, they have yeah. no idea if the problem is there. Oh, not. sure. Yeah. I didn't even like doing it when yeah. I used to do IT stuff in, in person and it'd be like, oh, like it's like six different places <laughs> this could go wrong. <laughs> I'm going to unplug this and plug it back in. Yeah. Again. <laughs> and I'm going to unplug that and plug it back in again. Oh, I cannot unplug yeah. and replug Comcast Backbone. Sorry. That's not within my power. <laughs> that's too bad. It should be. <laughs> I agree. They should give me a switch for that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, WWC in two weeks. So, I guess next week we can do our very important predictions. And then, I don't know, do we, should we bring back the bingo card? I think that uh, yeah, Apple is going to announce their own version of Prime Day. That's my that's my long shot prediction. <laughs> really? I doubt it. <laughs> no, not really. It's not, a, not good. Not a good prediction. Yeah, a- Apple Apple announcing a sale event is um, is very very low. Five dollars off an iMac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I love their I, Black Friday sales every year. Where it's like, uh, yeah, you can have I mean, that's like the the most grudging. Although with uh, with <laughs> them now selling stuff through Amazon again, there are discounts. Like I see discount posts on like Mac Rumors and other stuff at least a few yeah. times a week uh, with oh, yeah, some completely. some actual discounts, but not from Apple. Right. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, uh, Karen Karen got a new uh, watch and she bought it at um, Costco, and because that was the better deal, even than buying it from Apple with the card. So yeah. she's enjoying it. She got a, she got a six. Um, she she mostly got it because she had a three and, it, and updating it was such a pain in the ass because it has the so system works space. yeah right, yes, there exactly you go. yeah yeah planned obsolescence at its finest exactly yeah, we forgot to do that for the show <laughs> <laughs> trying to end it for years now uh, i i do find myself a little jealous of the people of the imacs and my imac is not that old but definitely you know when exporting like podcast files and stuff and i hear in the fans come on i'd be like god but that new imac is so quiet so quiet and so colorful okay. yeah I, I, I just I updated that... i just updated ios 14.6 so i'm gonna because I, I wanted to see the sharing feature on the card doing it live oh yeah, the doing, doing it live while while John's doing some some research live on the show, Dan, mm-hmm. have you have you found any of your air tags thus far? <laughs> Did I lose them? I'm not loving yet the finding part. Like okay. when it's in my house, and I don't know if my wallet or my keys are upstairs or downstairs, and I'm downstairs. If it is upstairs, it's useless. It's like walk really? around, please, because I have no idea where it is. <laughs> okay, it's, it's like I don't know. But that's how it, and, I thought. It, like that's the first step, isn't it? Where it's like localizes it, and then it tells you where to go. But like, I don't know. I feel like it, so, it, it should have some awareness of the last time it was near it. Like you, you were mm. last near this thing, like really near enough that I could see it, and minutes ago. Like that would help. Oh, that's interesting. Can, can I, I update? Can I update on sharing the card? Please. Um. So the update adds a adds a people thing to the top of the card. What the uh, heck? Page. I see Moltz's card in my account now. And um and you and I, I, have go, just I go there ordered and, a Ferrari. I, the two the two people in my family are are unavailable for sharing because they have not updated to have iOS. Too. <laughs> that was, uh, I'm glad that we waited for that information. <laughs> I could have told you some of this because of the fact that I just watched Apple's like 30 second YouTube video on how to share your card. <laughs> I skimmed it. I scrubbed okay. through it. Great. My wife is not on my family plan still, so there's no one I can share this card with. Huh. Dan, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> only only on Apple family plans. Only legal. 
Apple family plans. Yeah, I was excited. This is Apple Pay related, though. I was excited today that the I have one credit card that for years has been a holdout, and every once in a while I would try to add it, and it'd be like, nope, your card issuer still doesn't support Apple Pay, and I'd be like, ah, grumble, grumble, and then go away. Today, on a whim, I did it, and it's been added, so I now have all my cards in Apple Pay, which is exciting. That is exciting. The, la- the, last, time it, the last time I tried to add my credit union credit card to Apple Pay, it said it sent verification code or whatever to me, and I never got the code yeah that's that came to me <laughs> and, and i, I tried to again, text it to you sorry I john never never got the code and i have no idea where they're going <laughs> did you try <laughs> going again? someplace they're not going to me <laughs> it's weird because every card issuer has a slightly different process like right. i've seen ones where it like prompts you or ones where it tells you or ones where it even tells you like go into an app or something like that it's kind of yeah. wild and some don't even like do anything. They're just like, yeah, you're added. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, this one it gave me the option of two different numbers, one of which I think was my Google voice number and one of which is my phone number. And then it texted and, you know, it did the thing where even iOS fills in like the, the code for you because it realizes you just got it. So. Probably the single best feature in iOS. <laughs> it is. And it's right. hilarious because it feels like a total fucking security hole at times where it's like, I don't even need to do this. And it's like, why does this thing exist? Why does this whole process need to exist if you can just do it yourself? <laughs> Well, it's because yeah. it was texted to your phone. I understand. Yes. I, but mm-hmm. like, it also makes me think I wish Apple would find some way of building like a two-factor system more directly into the OS. Because it's got the stuff that its own yeah. apps can do like when you log into your account. But it yeah. doesn't autofill those. And it feels like it would be nice if there were like a framework or something that could handle all of this instead of going... Because you should not have your codes coming in over SMS. Like that's right. step one. Right. And step two yeah. is as much as I like Authy, I love Authy. Still having yeah, to do the like dance Authy. where it's like, oh, I'm logging in. It prompts me for a code. Got to quit the app here. Got to go to Authy. Got to get the code. Got to copy it. Got to paste it. It's like this feels like also it could have a similar hook where it's like, hey, Authy is my 2FA app. When it prompts me for a code, just go get it from there. You don't <laughs> need me to go copy a like six digit number, come back and paste it in. That's a waste of my fucking time. I'm just going to say, by the way, and this is a free tip to all of Rebound listeners out there. You don't have to copy your codes from Authy and paste them in. You can memorize a six-digit number. It's no, good for your brain. Can't so do if you it. just memorize that <laughs> six-digit code, <laughs> I find they often have a pattern. I'm trying to predict them. My brain. Uh, I'm, I'm almost always five. using. I'm almost always using um, Authy on my phone and trying to log into something on my laptop. As opposed. Oh, to... I'm always trying to log into something on my phone and using Authy right. on my phone. So I have yeah, those okay. same annoyances that Dan describes. Yeah. All right. I've occasionally used Authy on my watch. What? Every once in a while. Yeah. You say. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, I still have it on my watch. I haven't used it on my watch in a long time. And then I have one other. I have a separate 2FA app for one of my bank accounts because it uses a thing that's not compatible with like the standard system. And that one, it drives me a little nuts because it's oftentimes I'm trying to log in on my phone and I always need to like, oh God, I need to go find this other app that I only use for this. So using that on my watch has occasionally been handy. And it can't be ported to like, I can't install it also on my iPad, for example. Like it's not compatible. Like you have to get like a separate token and I don't know, pain in the ass. This system should be better. I think we're all agreeing passwords and <laughs> are dumb. <laughs> Two-factor authentication is frustrating. You know what system couldn't be better, Dan? Is, is it getting made? To... <laughs> no. No, no, it's no. joining Rebound Prime. <laughs> oh, that system is great. Getting to submit questions. So here are a few questions. Uh-huh. Listener Jack says, please release the solo Lex cut, but nope. sped up by three times. <laughs> so he sounds like a chipmunk. I think I've been unequivocal. Uh, by saying, I will not release the solo Lex cut. It is mine, uh, and mine alone. 
Maltz will put a link to that in the show notes. David sure. says, this one to Lex. Is Siri still asking which music service you want to use? And if so, on a scale of one to ten, one being, oh, thank you so much for asking, Siri. I do miss our little chats. They're always the highlight of my day. You know, often I don't even want to listen to music. I just want to hear your beautiful, inquiring tones one more time before I slip off to sleep and dream about your perfectly formed machine lear- learning algorithm. And ten being... Seriously, Siri, if you ask me that one more fucking time, I swear I will throw you with the wall so fucking hard that the last thing you'll remember is that you are clearly incapable of remembering anything whatsoever, regardless of how many machine learning cores you supposedly have swimming around in your stupid little AI brain. How much does it annoy you? Oh, it's a 10. <laughs> it's a 10. And when I got that message, like, let me try some other things. Maybe there's a place you can set defaults and settings. There's not. Maybe I can say, always play using Apple Music. And when you tell that, Siri just starts playing Apple Music. <laughs> And it asks me at random all the like, hey, play this song. And my kids think it is hilarious because of how mad it makes me. But like, hey, play this song. It's like, what service do you want to use? And sometimes I'll be like, play it on Apple Music, you asshole. And then it's like, playing the song asshole on Apple Music. Like, nobody asked for that. <laughs> nobody said that. So, David, it makes me very angry. This is all part of Tim Cook's plan to uh, basically, like, Spotify, you want us to ask which service? Fine, but we'll drive our <laughs> yeah, users really, crazy. Yeah. And then they'll beg us to, like, just go back to Apple Music. Yeah, and I, I, I only have I only have one service, so I never get the question. Same. I only have one service. I don't know why it's asking. Yeah, I don't, Maybe I don't I use any just, others. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I could delete the other apps, but it also asks if I want to play using Overcast. And, like, I'm not going to delete Overcast. So. <laughs> That's just because Marco's yeah. got it out for you. Always, yeah, always listen to music in Overcast. Then Mahir said that I could save this question for the bonus episode, but you're not the boss of me, Mahir. Uh, <laughs> Mahir asks, when was the last time you saw a concert? I just saw one last Friday, and it came with a great feeling of normalcy. <laughs> oh and then he told me about a show that he saw near me. So he's like, Lex, there's no for you. So City Winery had tables set up six feet apart and they checked vaccination status or acquired a negative COVID test. I have not yet seen a, a, a live in-person concert, but I'm ready. Like I am definitely of the mindset that, you know, I am, I am vaccinated. I am protected. I'm safe. I'm willing and ready to go to concerts. Most of the shows that I had tickets for for 2020 got pushed to 2022, but I think I might be able to see Ben Folds in 2021. So I'm going to try that. He's not single, but he's ready to mingle, <laughs> folks. I, I don't go to a lot of concerts. It's not a thing that I do very often, but I will say there are a couple places I will probably end up doing. Uh, my wife and I usually go out to Tanglewood, which is like the outdoor uh, Boston uh, Symphony Orchestra location in Western Massachusetts. And they have a really nice lawn. We're used to there and like you can bring a picnic and stuff like that. We'll probably do that at some point this summer because, hey, it's already outdoors. I am bummed because I had tickets to see my favorite band, Guster, with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, the Boston Pops Orchestra right around the time that the pandemic started and i think that has just basically like never going to happen again i was so excited because they had played a show years ago and i had missed it and i was like great this time we get tickets in advance of the all set and then there was a fucking pandemic and i was like the universe has it out for me there was a pandemic there was a pandemic john i Hmm. hate to be the bearer of bad news but uh and then uh, my uh, my in-laws are huge uh fans of um they just really enjoy jazz festivals and so they've got a place in new orleans for several months right now and they have invited us down for like a weekend to go to uh listen to some jazz music and hang out in new Mm. orleans i've never been to new orleans so i guess i'm gonna do that that sounds cool yeah. I know I'm, I'm I'm over 50 so I don't go to concerts. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> all all your favorite I, I mean, are, but I haven't are dead or canceled I, and I used John. To really, you know, as a young as a young person I like I like concerts and then I just got to the point where I was like I will listen to the music at home. Like Well the, sure, the I mean whole... <laughs> when you could see the Beatles and the Stones live, I mean that was probably exactly, pretty cool for well, you. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good I had a good run with concerts though. I mean I like, you know, early 80s I mean, actually, yeah, I guess most of it just through the 80s, um, although I saw the B-52s in 1990. Um, hey, remember the 80s? Uh, no, I, yeah, um, not really. 
I still love live music, but I will say in my nod to John Waltz's old manism, I <laughs> strongly prefer a uh, seating room at a concert. So like one of my favorite bands is they might be giants and they almost only play at SRO venues, but sometimes you can pay like extra at the venue to go to a table and sit mm-hmm. there. And even if it's not the best view, it is the best view because I'm seated. The last time yeah. I saw the Maybe giants, I went to Philadelphia and gave my extra ticket to Scott McNulty. We'll call him a friend of the show, although I'm sure he's never listened. And <laughs> um, <laughs> he was, my he nemesis, was like, so. I I had bought um, the tickets and he's like, I'll pay for us to sit. And then the venue was like, oh yeah, it's $150 a seat. And Scott's like, I'll pay for my seat. (laughs) (laughs) That seems right. But we both sat. It was good. It was good. That seems right. I'm a sitting man at concerts, but I haven't been to one since the pandemic started, but I'm good. I'm actually hoping to play one too. I think I'm going to do an outdoor because I'm going to, you know, cover band of dads. I think we're going to do an outdoor show sometimes. What do you play in the cover band? keyboard i play the keys this feels like a bonus topic territory though so maybe maybe <laughs> yeah, really. that. That's, that's this is a show about technology right folks we don't want to give it we don't want to give good stuff like that away here said i should save the question for the bonus yeah, episode come on listen before we go any deeper because we're gonna get back into technology but if you want to pick a podcast where the entire episode is about technology you probably want <laughs> command line heroes uh, a podcast that tells the epic true tales of developers programmers hackers geeks and open source rebels who are revolutionizing the technology landscape dan do you know anything about command line heroes boy do i ever let me tell you lex i got to listen to their uh an episode from their upcoming season uh well, i think it's airing now as a matter of fact and it was about uh the batman forever website and the development that oh, went yeah. into that back in the 90s, and let me tell you, uh, pretty awesome. I mean, in fact, I was just reading a thing the other day about the Space Jam website, about how it's still there, even though there's a new <laughs> Space Jam movie, but they still link to the original website on the new Space Jam movie website, because that is how influential the websites of the 1990s were, uh, and the Batman for everyone, especially because they had all sorts of you know wacky things that they weren't able to do with other technology at the time, like animation or all this stuff, I mean, and we all built websites in that era, probably, right? We all know how annoying it was. So, uh, mm. but you know, if you if you didn't experience it, you should go check out this episode because it's really interesting. This season uh, explores the pivotal year of 1995, the start of the dot com boom. But a lot of things had to come together for the internet to, to succeed. Before you could hop on GoDaddy to grab a domain name, there was a woman you have to call. Elizabeth Jake Feinler was the keeper of all domains. Episode one of the season features a conversation with the woman herself, now in her 90s, about how she managed the internet and how her team needed to create the dns uh, 1995 was a pivot point the moment when the internet went from academic curiosity to global phenomena and we're still waiting for that moment to happen for the rebound search for command line heroes anywhere you listen to podcasts and we'll include a link in the show notes that one multiple will include our thanks Absolutely. to command line heroes for their support of the rebound technology you're now, right back to technology already in progress <laughs> i checked out the first half of the ifixit m1 imac teardown which is mm-hmm. pretty interesting because, as people suspected, it's mostly empty space. <laughs> uh, like the computer, <laughs> it's very is, weird. Yeah. yeah, the computer is all in the chin, basically, uh, with the exception of I think there's a display board at the top, uh, and then like you know there's like the antenna and a few cables and stuff like that. But it really is pretty much all in that base chin, and it does have fans, so it's more like um, the uh, the MacBook Pro. Although apparently the the base model and the uh, which has the seven core GPU and the, all the other models that have the eight core GPU have slightly different cooling systems. Cause I think the base one only has one fan and the bigger one has two fans, mm. but it's also got these like giant metal plates or something behind it. Like they have an X-ray of it, which is kind of wild. Yeah. I yeah. think that's related to the speaker. I think it has something to do with the speakers, but it's, right. uh, it is interesting. Cause they're, they're sort of connected at the bottom. Right. To the speakers. Yeah. I mean, right. you need, 
you need like that air cavity in order to like generate base basically. So I guess it's probably helping with that. But yeah. Anyways, it's amazing what they can fit into. Yeah, that yeah tiny it's computer. it's it, 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 they're. <laughs> I, I particularly enjoy these when the form factor has changed a lot and you can right. see and, and in this, you know, it's the form factor and the processor. So it's it's a very different look. I, I have opened up my old iMac a number of times and this is this is so wildly different. That <laughs> it's entertaining. And I think they actually did. So they had not done step two yet, but I think they've actually done it now. I checked earlier today, but it looks like it's up now. So they've gotten even oh, further really? into it. Was just, I was just, yeah, I, was just yeah, I just right loaded now, it right now. Yeah. I was like, oh, they do yeah. have the rest of it now where they've okay. like taken all the boards apart and the fans and everything. And yeah, it's cool. There's a lot in there. Apparently it's not terrible to like uh, take apart either, which is, I guess, refreshing. Yeah. There's so. still, there's glue involved, but it's yeah. not, but the, there's, there's apparently not the bad kind of glue. Not the bad glue. Not the, don't sniff yeah. this. <laughs> Too late. You don't, don't don't tell me what to do. I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm not the boss of you. We nope. did get uh, a listener who pointed us to a tweet um, from a guy. The, the listener was Bastian Inuk. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he pointed us to Patrick. I'm Patrick T is the Twitter name who presented this as an option, uh, placing his new iMac on his Peloton. In oh, front no. of the screen. <laughs> don't do it. It's no. a bad idea. Yeah. Just saying, if you have both... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I did witness there was a bit of a leaker war on Twitter, which sounds disgusting now, come to think of it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, somebody, a a uh, Twitter account called like, it was like Leaks Apple Pro or something like that, had a supposedly images of the revamped iMac Pro. And then I think John Prosser said no, or somebody said no to it. And I'm like, all right, I do not have a horse in this race. But I thought it looked like bullshit. So that was my feeling on that was I don't think that's actually what it looks like. And I'm not sure they're going to do an iMac Pro again, but maybe. So I was t- I spent a while trying to look up this guy's like the record for this Twitter account and feel like if they had any record and the best I could find somebody was like extremely unreliable. I was like, yeah, that seems that seems right. <laughs> I think an iMac, I think an iMac mounted on a Peloton is the Pro. Ooh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That really adds a whole dimension to it. That I didn't think about before. Yeah. Do you think that the colors are going to be it for this round of IMAX? Do you think we're going to get anything like a flower power oh, <laughs> patterns? They're going to release a product red one later. Um, I oh, don't <laughs> think they will. I think it's just colors. And I think, I think the big question is when they release a 30 inch, is it going to follow the iPhone 12 slash 12 pro thing? Oh, and have fewer colors. And options? have like crappier, shittier colors. Like, Boring colors. Yeah. <laughs> crappier, shittier colors. The original name of Jason Snell's website, but he changed it before launch. Which smart. I think, I think I was smart. Yeah, because I just don't want like a, I want an interesting colored iMac. And I think that if they just go for like the really boring ones, I'll be, I'll be sad. I'll probably buy it because yeah. I still need, a, yeah. I want a faster one, but still. Wasn't that the way with the with the old like were the the graphite ones were the more powerful ones right? I it was like the, the iMac DV or something like that. Came in gray. Yeah, it did come <laughs> in like a graphite, really boring graphite. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised about it that way, but yeah, it would be a little bit disappointing. Maybe yeah. they will come in like a maybe they will come in like a like a dark blue or something like some sort of like the green and the dark blue. Could be. Also saw another rumor from our favorite, least favorite leaker, uh, whose I guess his eyebrows <laughs> have grown back, about a revamped Mac Mini that would look similar to the existing one, but be smaller and has like a plexiglass-like top. I mean, that sounds like the no cube, reason. frankly. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, I, uh, maybe. I don't know. If they yeah, sell it, sure. then I'll believe know. it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's, why, that's what people come here for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk to me when they're selling a product. All right. That's right. right. That's fine. 
I I don't know what to do the other like 360 weeks of the year. <laughs> I was just ask Dan if you got his, you got your remote. I did get my remote. I did get my yeah. remote. I've been using it. Yeah, I got my Apple TV. I I will say so. Here's my feeling on the new remote. I like it. I I'm just so close to being able to replace all of my remotes with it, but I can't because mm. the power button does not it's not configurable so like you can configure the the volume buttons and say like oh you know control a different device with infrared if you adjust your volume on say like your receiver or something like that uh and that's fine that works great the mute button works fine everything else is fine but the power button is not configurable and so it will turn on and off the apple tv or anything connected to it and because i have the world's oldest receiver (laughs) from the mid 90s it's just ir it doesn't connect it doesn't (laughs) have any world's oldest receiver all right but it's it's the oldest one hooked up to a TV and used as a home theater. Mm, Still probably not, but go uh, ahead. Can you? Is there a reason that you can't plug the Apple TV directly in? Yeah, wait, to the TV. Oh, into the t- it is probably directly in the TV, but the audio comes out. So I need the audio goes into the TV, but the audio everything. So basically, everything's connected to the TV with HDMI, and then the audio for the TV is pumped out to the stereo system, but just over RCA. But it means yeah. the receiver needs to get turned on every time the TV gets turned on, or else there is no sound. And Harmony, with the Harmony remote, that's fine. It can just send power on things to, like, three different devices. But the Apple TV one, I think, only issues those commands over the HDMI CEC protocol, uh, which is just anything connected with HDMI. And obviously, it's not connected because HDMI had not been invented yet when this receiver was built. (laughs) So I need a time machine, is what I'm saying. Okay, well... Or I need to replace this with, like, a whole new home theater thing, which, I don't know. I mean, I, I did some reading about that, but I don't know if I... I mean, when I'm moving to the new house, I might have to rethink some of the sound setup and everything. But especially if this guy keeps blowing the fucking leaf blower across the street, in which case, <laughs> I won't matter because I'll be in jail for having murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, did you see that there's a uh, there's two scrubbing methods uh, on the remote? One with scrubbing bubbles and one without? One with scrubbing bubbles and one without, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, you, uh, you, the, the obvious one is just go back and forth across the pad thing but if you hold at the court the side of the pad a little circle comes up on the screen and then you can move your finger in a circle to do scrubbing as like well a, like a like a shuttle dial or a jog dial or something yeah yeah, yeah a click wheel like if yeah. you will yeah but without the actual yeah, I, I had assumed that was the case i didn't realize there was something in addition to that i had assumed that was the default yeah. was it so what's the other way you're saying it's just like like using the whole thing as like a touchpad well i mean you do the touchpad part you back and forth just straight across straight across the, oh, the touchpad why do bit. that when you can and, go in a circle that seems way more fun and then you but the well because you get you can get more control over how far back and forward you can go hmm. um because i think it gives you you know, like a, it get, the circle represents the the whole. Oh wait, well, let's do the, shapes. Let's do shapes. Video? Tell me more yeah, about anyway. the circle. Just try it when you get a chance. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> don't know if I can be more excited by this conversation about a product I don't own and never will. I will say the one thing I did run into a thing, John. I don't know if you realize this, but like you can click in between since it's like a directional pad, but it's only four directions. Mm-hmm. But if so, if you click in between two directions, just nothing happens. So I did. There was a couple times where I like I wasn't quite all the way on the left button as oh, it were yeah, yeah, and yeah. i click it and mm-hmm. it's like nothing happened and i was doesn't like, oh, do anything yeah, yeah you got to be a little yeah. more precise with it so right but i still think but it's a still. huge improvement oh it's a huge it's completely a huge improvement and yeah. and just the, i mean it's weird that the fact that it's bigger makes it better 
It's yeah. just so funny. It's not going to get lost as often, and it just feels so much more comfortable. I, I will say, definitely read uh, uh, our pal Joe Rosenstiel wrote a really in-depth review on his Apple TV, and, and nobody goes into the details on Apple TV like Joe does. And I think he had a great question about, like, why is the Siri remote on, why is the button for that on the side? It seems weird, right? Like, that's not immediately conducive to, like, the way you would normally hold a remote to move your thumb or something to the side and hit that button. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's fine. It's not the worst thing in the world, but like, it seems like a little counterintuitive. And he quoted, I believe, like an interview with one of the Apple execs. who's like, oh, we put it there to mimic like the, you know, where it is on the phone. And Joe's like, but you don't hold a remote like you hold a phone. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, that's a really great point, Joe. <laughs> it is a little weird. And he's like, and also, you, if you really want to mimic the phone, then you would put the volume controls on the other side like it is on the phone. But no, you right. just did it for that one button, which is kind of strange. <laughs> And, and I know this is going to seem weird because you guys are, are big Apple TV fans. Interestingly, I own a couple other smart set-top streaming devices. Oh, look at this guy. They, yeah, all, really. they all shipped originally with remotes that made sense. So I just want to put that out there as another option. <laughs> to be fair, the Apple TV also shipped with a remote that originally made sense. And then they revised That's it true. and made the, the mm-hmm. remote that did not make sense. Uh-huh. Ah, I've never bought a streaming it. TV that Shots came with fired. a shitty remote. That's all I'm saying. I've never bought one. <laughs> The closest, I guess, I've bought so many. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm curious, though, how often are you using Siri, either before or after, with your Apple TVs? I very rarely use speech with my Apple TV. I'm sorry, with my other TVs. You don't have an Apple TV. I have an Apple TV. Yeah, maybe it's because they speech. I very rarely use speech recognition with either of my Amazon device or my Roku device because the entry is fast enough that I don't feel like I need it. But how often are you turning to voice assist is the most correct way I can phrase this question. There are a few cases I use it where it is better. So searching for things, I find it faster often to use that as entry. Yeah, that's I literally just did that last night. And then I love there is a feature that where you use Siri to say, like, what did they say? And it backs up 10 seconds and turns on the captions just for 10 seconds and then turns them off again. I love that feature. If you think that's good, my Roku remote has had that feature for years built right into a button. (laughs) Okay. You push it, it backs up, and it shows the captions while it's replaying what you saw. I just leave captions on all the time now, though. I would like to, but my wife wife does not like that. Uh, But I'm glad glad that you guys are happy with your remotes. It's also how my kids learned to read, I think, was with closed captions on the shows they watched. Well, you stop watching all those uh, adult shows, though. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. John, have you had any other great experiences with your Apple TV? I, I haven't had much time actually using it. Don't it must have been some sort of network glitch, and I don't know where. Obviously, you know, we, as we've discussed, I don't know where the network glitch happened. Um, but I couldn't use the automatic setup um, when I got it, <laughs> and so I had to. I was like, oh well, I'll just set it up manually. You know, stupidly forgetting exactly how you set up an Apple TV manually, which is by using the stupid remote in order to type in all your passwords. Mm. So that was fun, mm-hmm. and by fun, I mean not fun whatsoever. Um, but um, other than that, it's been fine, you know? I mean, the the TV itself is this pretty much the same as what I had before. <laughs> um, it's nice. Like, like, last night I had friends over for the first time um, in over a year. And uh, we were in the in the basement room watching and decided to watch a movie and so it was good having you know because i pushed down apple tvs to the point where we have an actual working one on the tv that is in the basement so that was good nice that was the whole point well there you go other than getting the new remote 
Job done. Did you guys see? I'm shifting gears since I have nothing to contribute on this topic. Did you guys see uh, the? <laughs> he wants the, to get off this topic as fast as possible. The sandwich video for the uh, Mighty browser. No, I saw, I saw the link that to it. But that, yeah, yeah, I didn't see it yet. I watched it, and so we won't go too deep on it. But I, I encourage. Let's make it homework for next week. It looks like it's a Chromium browser that you have, like, I, it, effectively, your screen sharing. <laughs> to their computer their server that is running the browser so that your computer's fans don't spin up and go crazy because all the hard processing work is happening on another device and it is like effective from this is my interpretation of the video so they're effectively screencasting to you an interactive version of the browser where the hard processing work is happening elsewhere on a a better faster server interesting this is a subscription service they i don't believe that they have yet announced their pricing they're polling people (laughs) on pricing but yeah Super, it was a great video. I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoy every sandwich video, but uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's, it's, uh, that seems like a strange like an thing interesting to do. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. that I would like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. It, it, it takes a, a fraction of the memory because it's streaming your browser from a powerful computer in the cloud. That's how they describe it. Seems uh, weird. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, I don't know if right that's the solution. <laughs> it seems like the solution is make a better browser engine. <laughs> I mean, I understand they can't do that because they're just bolting stuff onto Chromium, but it feels like this is a big problem with modern web browsers is like they have huge memory footprints and they just suck up resources. And I noticed this with both Chrome and Safari. And a lot of it's down to the websites that they're showing, right? Where those websites are often badly coded or have memory leaks. The number of times I have a site open where it's like, oh, this site's not responding anymore in Safari. Like we have to reload it and then reload all your other tabs. And it's like, all right, fine, go ahead. Uh, and or it just gives you that little drop down at the top, which is like this site may be using a lot of resources. It's like, yeah, I'm with you. How do we stop this? How do we fix this problem, Safari? It's not our problem. It's this freaking site using all these resources. Yeah, yeah. I I get a little bit torn on because you're you're definitely right, but I also wish that there was more solution on the browser side than just well I've killed this thing or reloaded the tab or whatever. Because there's some sites that like I feel like it's hard coded in Safari. If they go to Google Sheets, say this tab is using a lot of memory, and uh, it probably is, but I wish it could handle that better. I don't know. I don't know. There's certain apps that I have to restart every day because they have memory leaks in them on my Mac too. That doesn't. I I hate them all. I hate the websites that suck, and I hate the apps that suck. Yep, that's fair. I hear you. And if I didn't have to use them, I wouldn't. I'm with you. I'm and with you, Alex. I do. Yeah. There was the wrap-up of the, uh, the, the Epic case this past week. Oh, yeah. So it's, yeah. Now, it's now done. Tim Cook took the stand. <laughs> he had perhaps, I would say, probably the, less, the least auspicious outing of any Apple executive to take the stand, it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. The, the judge asked some very pointed questions and um, got some, some answers. <laughs> That were a little weird, some of them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea that Tim Cook does not know how much Google pays them to be the default search engine seems <laughs> seems to strain credulity. Well, this is, is this where we asked Lex, like... like it's business corner with Lex. Yeah. It seemed like bullshit to me. And listen, <laughs> well, is I that think a thing Tim where Cook... you like, is that a thing where you avoid having somebody tell you a number so that you can't be like asked in court? Like, is that a thing? I, I mean, maybe it's a thing of companies maybe. that size, but what he should know in general, because I think it's material. Like, I don't think even at a company of Apple size or Apple's revenue, numbers, I think anything that crosses the billion dollar mark is probably material, right? Yeah, really? So I, yeah, that does seem like it. either it does or doesn't cross a billion. And he should at the very least know that. Now, I will freely admit, and listen, my dumbass fucking title is chief revenue officer. So I'm, I'm, my job is to make money. <laughs> I am not good at remembering 
No, right, let me just rephrase. I'm not good at memorizing numbers. If somebody says like, how much did this thing make or what's the, like, I'm never going to tell you from memory because I know that like, I don't think that I am in any way dyslexic, but I think I am like a tiny bit numbers dyslexic if that's a thing. So I don't like memorizing or reporting on numbers from my head. I always want to look at them. But I can certainly tell you like orders of magnitude is deal A bigger than deal B. Is deal A greater or less than in my world? Like a million dollars is a lot of money. Not in Tim's, which I get. But he should still have some idea. It definitely seemed like bullshitty. And yeah. I think that Tim is an honest person. And I'm sure he did not perjure himself. But it also still feels like he was full of shit. <laughs> Whatever the right. non-perjury form of being a bullshit artist is, I think he was that. And it, it bummed me out. And I, I maybe yeah. that's what everybody has to do if they're a CEO of a giant company, but it bummed me out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> and what was the other like, yeah, and the, and they don't know, yeah, the, the other the, thing the is, is they don't know if the, uh, if the app, app store, store is profitable. profitable. <laughs> I can, yeah, that seemed insane. Come on. I can imagine that they have definitely arranged the way their like internal figures are uh, set up to avoid that but i also agree with you that you could figure that out but the question is do they have that information not ready at hand or does tim not have that information ready at hand again to prevent questions like this it was i don't know it was yeah. also interesting i thought they asked him a bunch about like you know developer satisfaction which was a great point like there there were not a lot of developers like coming to their <laughs> he's defense. very concerned about customer set he does not care about dev- developer set well i mean they pay developers and you know uh customers pay them so you care yeah, about where yeah, the money's coming yeah. from not where it's going <laughs> i guess so i mean that made that made a little bit more sense it's, i mean that i believe that he didn't know <laughs> but i felt like he should Right. I mean, it's the, the fundamental issue is that I think Apple makes the mistake of not thinking of its developers as customers, even though his developers, they are customers, both in the sense of, okay, let's not worry about how much they pay Apple, like in terms of like the developer program fee, right? But they both pay a cut, essentially, in yeah. most cases, not all cases, but in many cases, uh, as well as all of them, literally all of them have to buy Apple hardware, <laughs> right? Right. So your your developers are customers. They're a subset of your customers. So in that case, it does seem like maybe you should care a little bit more about that. And they yeah. are providing fuel for one of your great revenue engines. So from that sense, you know, you like to brag about how much money you you have paid back to developers. Uh, if you like to brag about that, you know, it'd be great. Make that money bigger by reducing your cut. Right. Yeah. And it's also like, again, in terms of where it feels bullshitty, he knows what he's there to testify about. He could have done oh, yeah. homework or he Absolutely. could have come prepped with some stuff. And they choose not to, and it's, I don't know. Maybe it's just how the game is played. I don't think a lot of that will make a material difference, honestly, based on what I read about, like, sort of the wrap-up day. It seems like Epic, you know, they just have a much higher bar to cross in terms of proving that, you know, their allegations, right? You can do all you want to make Apple look shitty, but they're not on trial for whether they look shitty. Right. They're I can't on- wait to listen back to this episode and hear all the things that Dan just said. <laughs> we, got, we got some of it. I was wondering if if it was just me or if it awesome. was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love the internet. It's the worst fucking thing ever. <laughs> he says about the thing that gives him his whole career. <laughs>